0: Hello everyone, this is Bola, I'm the founder and CEO of Clever Girl Finance and welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast. So today's podcast episode is sponsored by Frost Bank and we'll be discussing how to talk to your partner about money using a money-do list and how to remain optimistic as you work on your financial well-being. To have this conversation with me, my guest today is Angela Holliday. Angela is the president of Frost Brokerage Services Inc and Frost Investment Services LLC, overseeing the firm's financial advisor teams, sales management, operations and compliance. Angela began working at Frost in 1996 as a sales assistant and later went on to serve as the trading manager, operations manager, sales support manager and chief operations officer. Her leadership is guided by the Frost core values of integrity, caring and excellence. She also has the FINRA series seven, 24, 28, 63, and 99 licenses. So on this episode, Angela shares her money story and what she's most proud of. She talks about how women can manage the difficulties or fears that they have when it comes to talking about money in their relationship. We talk about how to use a money do list to navigate the conversation with your partner as you talk about your finances. And this is based on five key things that you should be doing. And then we also talk about how couples can leverage optimism to navigate their different financial situations from paying off debt to saving for long term goals. And Angela goes over a study that Frostbank had done that basically showcases that having an optimistic outlook on your finances has a direct impact on your financial well-being. But before we get into today's episode, if it's been a while since you stopped by clevergirlfinance.com or you have never been there before, head on over to the website. We have brand new content on our blog multiple times a week, and we're launching new courses on a variety of different financial topics every single month. And when you become a member of the Clevergirl Finance platform, you also get access to scheduled calls for free with our mentors who are there to support you and guide you as you work on improving your finances. Also on the Clevero Finance website, you can get access to our free financial roadmap, which is basically a guide that is based on the six key components that are highlighted in the Clevero Finance book as to how you can achieve financial independence. So stop by and check out these amazing resources and be sure to head on over to our YouTube channel because we drop a brand new video on YouTube every single week. Finally, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast everywhere that you listen to your podcasts. And if you love this episode, be sure to tell all your best girlfriends. So now let's get into this episode with Angela. Hey, Angela, welcome to the Clever Girls Know podcast.
1: Hi, Bola. Thank you so much for having me. It's a privilege to join you today.
0: I'm excited to talk to you about personal finance and relationships and how to navigate all of that while having an optimistic outlook. So I'd love for you to introduce yourself and
1: tell everyone who you are and what you do. Sure, I am president of Frost Investment Services. So I head up the largest regional investment firm owned by Frost Bank. We manage approximately eight billion in assets and we've been doing investments or investment management for about 20 years. And so I'm super excited about Opt for Optimism, Because the initiative itself truly validates what we've been doing over these 20 years.
0: And given your experience um, with what you do and also working for Frostbank, you probably have gotten the opportunity to talk to a lot of couples who are managing their finances jointly. So this will be an interesting and also useful conversation for the women who are listening, trying to navigate you know, that conversation with their significant other as well. But before we dive into, you know, the relationship side of things, I'd love to learn more about your own personal story with money, especially since you work for a bank. And what's something about your personal finances that you're most proud of?
1: So my personal story with money, it starts out like many people's journey <laughs> with money, loose and fancy free with credit cards. And I think... So many people get in trouble with credit card debt. And it's one of the things that you are old enough to sign your name, but you're really not old enough or educated enough to make it through those 15, 16 pages of disclosure that (laughs) is trying to protect the company because they know you don't understand what you're doing. So I was saddled with a lot of credit card debt. And in 1998, I became a single mother. And so quickly, I understood that on many, many fronts, I had to start getting healthy and grow up. So I had to get physically healthy, spiritually healthy, and financially healthy. And looking at that heaping mountain of debt and credit card mayhem, I had to ask for help. I didn't know where to begin. And I worked at a bank. So I was at an organization that had limitless resources, but I needed to just understand the basics. And so ended up creating a budget, tackling the debt, started controlling my expenses, living within my means, and beginning and, and began to save the money um, for whether it was basic savings accounts, investment accounts. And so what I'm most proud of was even at that time, I wrote my budget out on a legal sheet of paper, a yellow pad. <laughs> But it worked. it worked. It worked. It worked. By the time I got done with that budget, it was wrinkled with coffee on it, tears. It had everything all on it. It was tattered, but I hung on to it. And I hung on to it well after I had outgrown that budget. But I was proud because it represented those financial principles that I learned what helped me get out of that space and get things into control. So that's what I'm most proud of asking for help and following that guidance.
0: That's amazing. You know, and I feel like a lot of times we get to different life transitions in our lives, whether it's, you know, getting married, having a baby, getting divorced, et cetera, that is that catalyst that causes us to be like, wait a minute, I need to get something in order. And I think what's really important is when you get to that transition point, when you have that recognition of something needs to change with my life or with my finances, Mm -hmm. it's taking action. That's what's most important, not allowing yourself to stay stuck or wallow or feel like you can't do this, but actually taking that step, that first action step. And for you, it was that yellow legal pad. Yes. That for, Absolutely. Yeah, for someone from the outside looking in seems insignificant, but for mm-hmm. you, it meant so much. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So Thank you. <laughs> so talking about transitions and switching gears a little bit, yeah. um, you know, getting into a relationship or... You know, getting married, getting into a long term committed relationship, moving in with somebody um, mm-hmm. is a major transition that a lot of women face. A lot of people listening to this are probably in that space. Mm-hmm. And talking about money is something that many women find difficult in relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you had, um, in your experience, any difficulties or fears talking about money in your relationships? And how did you deal with it? How did you navigate that conversation?
1: Oh, absolutely. That is a very fearful conversation. And I think that women may normally start in such a place of misunderstanding or a deficit of understanding just because traditionally, you know, the male partner in that relationship is either the breadwinner or he is, he's always made these financial decisions. And he's been crowned this decision maker. And the financial services industry has been dominated for so long. It's a male-dominated industry. And so the lack of awareness or education that women feel, it puts them already in this inferior position, position. So it makes it hard to have that conversation. And I've definitely had fears discussing this topic, no matter that I have a financial services background, money is personal. And so all of that goes out of the window and everybody's relationship with money is completely different. And so not knowing someone's experience with money, their perspective about money, and then you have a conversation and it can become very frustrating, overwhelming, very emotional, unless you're truly prepared to have that conversation. And so sometimes you have that combustion happen Mm -hmm. before you realize you need to prepare to have that conversation. And so one of the, I'll say techniques in having that conversation that I've used before was actually having a timed conversation. We are going to introduce one thought and we're going to talk about this one thing and we're gonna have these series of starts so that way we can start digesting in baby pieces and baby steps and little pieces what is important to both of us. And once we collect all of those little knowing, then we're able to move to a larger conversation instead of trying to tackle it all in one setting.
0: That's that's really true. And I do something similar in my own relationship, especially when in the early days when, you know. I was in the serious relationship with my now husband and mm-hmm. I knew that we were going to be in a long-term relationship and just thinking about how we talk about money knowing that both of us, you know, are different. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> First of all, just by virtue of our gender, we're different the yeah. way we think yeah. and do things and just personality-wise. And so there was a lot of trial trial and error and even some conflict. But mm-hmm. you know, we've come into this space where we never fight about money like ever i think after our, our our last fight about money was our first year of marriage when we are still trying to navigate like joint you know finances to a degree um mm-hmm. but what you said is is super key in, in in being able to get to that point where you know you minimize the conflict because you're you're starting to tackle things one piece at a time
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so
0: yeah so we'll, we'll get into more of those tips on you know having the conversation and just mm-hmm. joint finances but one of the things that i find I found really interesting is a study that your company Frostbank recently uh, conducted and it was on how having an optimistic outlook has a direct and positive impact on financial well-being. you know, including when couples in relationships are planning their finances jointly. And so I'd love to know how this study came about, what inspired it, um, you know, for you guys to want to focus on optimism as a catalyst for financial wellness?
1: Sure. And so I think that, you know, as an organization, everyone has um, either a mission statement or they have core values. And one of our core values is related to optimism. And our objective that. <laughs> is to make, to make people's lives better. And so having... being being able to serve people and understand how important money is to them and how it helps their lives unfold. We wanted to make sure that we engaged a broader audience. And so we could readily see that financial or personal financial information, personal finance more particularly, was so limited. And so with the platform and the awareness to help people to guide through these money habits, these personal finance, these financial principles, those things, if we could help them to develop the right perspective and be optimistic about those things, we knew and we had seen just in our day-to-day work with clients that it would lead to better financial health.
0: So, you know, when I am looking at financial institutions, one of the big things that stands out to me is how much they care about me. And I love the fact that you guys focused on looking at how people are navigating their finances and how you can help them and leveraging one of your core values, optimism, as a way to support them with their financial wellness. I think that's awesome. And I think just, you know, as an add on to that, you talk about your company, Frostbank, having the core value of optimism. But I think there's a lesson there for just us as individuals, because if we as individuals take on a core value of optimism as well and apply it to our finances, our lives, our careers, even when things are difficult or don't seem clear, the plan doesn't seem clear, the path doesn't seem clear, having that optimistic outlook can make all the difference with you being motivated or excited or empowered to want to take that next step, even though you can't quite see the end. Mm
1: -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that that is so important because your perspective, your optimism, your state of mind is what's going to navigate you to the next stop. So- We fully believe that this journey that you're on, we want to be that financial partner that goes on this journey with you. And we want to make sure that you're equipped with the resources and the tools and the understanding of how your money will actually serve you to achieve all of your goals and to keep you in that optimistic place where it which sounds very cliche, but really to live the best life that you envision.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So for those of you listening to this, you know, especially as we're going into a new year, as you're writing down your goals, right, think about your core values and add optimism to that core value to tie into all those goals that you set. Because once you have set the intention that you're going to be optimistic, no matter what, it's going to make your goals easier to accomplish. It's going to make it easier to find the solutions. Even if things may seem difficult or hard right now, just having that outlook will just help you change perspective and make you more motivated and inspired to actually want to take those actions, even if it's hard. So Angela, one of the things that Clarawell Finance uh, partnered with Frostbank to do is create a money-do list. And this list is essentially a list that women can use when it comes to approaching the conversation of money with their partners. And we actually have a whole blog post that we created on this money-do list where we break it down in detail that I will link in the show notes. For those of you interested, definitely go check it out. But I wanted us to go over those specific tips when it comes to just, you you know, let's say I am in a new relationship where I'm newly engaged or even married long term, but I want to start talking about finances with my mm-hmm. spouse or with my partner, whatever, you know, whatever committed situation I'm in, what are some things that I can do, right? as as part of this money-do list to make sure that it doesn't end up with screaming (laughs) or resentment (laughs) or anger. (laughs) So let's kind of walk through that money-do list. (laughs)
1: Sure, absolutely. And so these are core tenets that everyone can employ. So they're not too ambitious or um, too intimidating. Start the conversation, Mm -hmm to be willing just to start the conversation. You know you have to have the conversation and you talk about all things that are important from where do you want to go on vacation? Um, Where do you go for Thanksgiving and Christmas? Mm -hmm. All of these things are happening. So start the conversation. And it's not a one-time conversation. So it's not this fulsome one-day conversation and it is... The conversation that guides you through the rest of your relationship, it's ongoing. And so by starting the conversation, your next step is be honest. Be honest about your relationship with money. Be honest about your understanding about money. And if everyone's being honest, then you both learn either where your priorities are or you learn what you didn't know that your partner or what you feel about money, you share that honesty and it helps you to get to that next step to budget as a couple. That you take your priorities and you line those up side by side with one another and you've expressed what's important to you and you're able to see this is the money that we have. This is how we want to spend the money. This is how we want to save the money. And you come to an agreement with the budget and that budget then is your roadmap. So then that, when you make it to that stage, it really helps lessen that conflict because now you have a prescription, you have a blueprint of how to move forward. Then make time to check in on a regular basis. It's not one conversation. You find a rhythm if it's a monthly conversation, if it's a quarterly conversation, if it's an annual conversation with a financial professional, but to continue to revisit do we still have the same priorities? On our list, we have short-term goals. We have long-term goals. Have we achieved our short-term goals? And do we want to set new goals? Are we still working toward our long-term goals? What are our, What is our progress? And be patient because your experience as a person and your partner's experience as a person is directly related to your money. And so be open and patient to understand that now you need to take and make that a team effort and that there will be compromise and there should be no resentment and there should be no judgment. So your partner and you should feel that it's a safe conversation to have because the end goal is for both of your successes.
0: Mm -hmm. So just to, you know, kind of go over the highlights again, it's start the conversation, Mm -hmm. be honest, budget as a couple, make time to check in on a regular basis and be patient. Yes. And um, so that's basically, I guess I will call them the five components of the money-do list. And I mm-hmm. will tell you ladies, a money-don't. <laughs> because <laughs> in the early days of my relationship, right, you know, I kind of had this money-do list to my head but when I went to start the conversation I came with a master plan and that Mm -hmm. master plan was going to be the plan (laughs) and there was no deviating from this plan and imagine when you're trying to have a conversation but you've already set everything that's going to happen and the other person is looking at you like so what's the point of the conversation doesn't
1: help oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. You are don't do that. Right. Make the plan together. My own experience, I showed up with a pie chart that is intimidating. They are not impressed with your creativity. So you're absolutely right.
0: Yeah, because it's hard for you to tell someone, you know, I want us to have a conversation, babe, about our finances. And then you come up with, listen, here's what we're going to do. Step one, step two, step three. And it's like, they have (laughs) no input. So (laughs) learn from my mistake, right? Because that caused our first, I think, big money fight. Because it was like, well, you're trying to tell me what to do. And I'm like, no, this is the plan. We need to... (laughs) So instead of coming with the master plan, come with an idea of the plan and sit down, you know, with your notebook, your app and create that plan, create those goals together. It'll minimize the conflict. There will be no yelling match. There'll be no resentment. And you guys will feel better. You will feel better.
1: (laughs) So true. So very true.
0: (laughs) So. One of the things we've touched on is the, you know, is this whole theme of optimism around financial wellness, but how can couples, um, you know, managing their finances jointly, getting into that space of managing their finances jointly or couples who have been doing this for a while, how can they leverage optimism to navigate different financial situations? Because, you know, as we both know, it's never going to be smooth sailing. You know, some people mm-hmm. might be paying off debt, um, mm-hmm. large amounts of debt, student loan. So people may be planning for long-term goals, you know, life happens, emergencies come up, et cetera, um, unplanned expenses. And mm-hmm. so, you know, how does having an optimistic outlook help make this conversation and overall financial planning for couples easier, especially as they're thinking long-term?
1: So one of the habits of optimism is seek progress, not perfection. And so having that perspective, I, I usually use this aphorism with um, my team that don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. And so respect that it is a process. And like you said, life is going to happen and we're going to have goals, whether they're short-term or long-term. And so the fact that you are making progress is huge. It's significant. And that if you are making those steps in the right direction, and you're making, and you have an emergency savings, so that emergency fund can step in when you have an emergency, that there may be a step back, but you're still employing those principles and habits to go forward, that you will go forward. And keeping the right state of mind that this is a journey. So it's not a sprint. It is a process. And you're able to recognize and reward yourself and stay motivated that you continue to make proce- you continue to make progress.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. And we talk about progress, not perfection all the time on the podcast. And that is just a theme of my life, a theme of Clever about Finance, because if you're seeking perfection all the time, number mm-hmm. one, it just makes your relationship ever so more, much more difficult to navigate. It makes it harder to have the conversation, especially if you're the one that's putting the idea of perfection on your partner. Right. Um, right. It can be intimidating. It can mm-hmm. be upsetting that's where some of that resentment can start to stem from and Mm -hmm. so it's all about despite what's happening despite the life transitions despite the you know the waves that you may go through the ups and downs it's all about the progress not the perfection and it's all about having that mindset and that optimistic outlook that okay This is happening, but we can get through this. This is only temporary. We will get to the other side of this debt. We will achieve that savings goal. We will be able to get to that point where we can sit back and be like, you know what, babe, we have achieved our financial wellness. And so just Mm -hmm. thinking that way can definitely be a huge um, help in terms of you being able to take those actions to achieve your goals.
1: I absolutely agree.
0: So actually, if there is one thing that you could tell your younger self about money and relationships, what would it be? So mine was the don't come with a master plan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't impose plans. What would yours exactly. be? <laughs> so I, I will uh, piggyback that, say no to the pie chart. Do not show up with the pie chart. And, <laughs> you know, I, I think one of the greatest lessons that I've learned, um, and I would tell my younger self is that, you know, money, it's a resource and it, it's there. It shows you what your beliefs are and what your character is. And when you pay attention to those signs, you either can better the situation or you can correct the situation. But we always use the term financial journey that everything, whether it's you, your personal journey or your financial journey, that it's a process. It is not a snapshot in time that will last forever. It's there to show you how to improve and to be better and to get stronger, whether it's to understand finances better, whether it's to understand yourself better. And so trying to perfect that moment in time and put it in a pie chart, that is not <laughs> <laughs> that is not an optimal solution. And it is to be open enough to realize that it's an ever-turning, unfolding process and that um, your money situation can always improve. And when you're doing something without thought, like credit cards, that that's your hint, that you need to be more thoughtful. You need to be more intentional about what you're doing. So telling my younger self that I do not have all of the answers and I'm going to learn and grow and get better, whether it's in money or relationships, probably would be really very helpful for me instead of <laughs> starting from the place of the know-it-all pie chart. Yeah,
0: I love that. <laughs> and as we, you come to the close of this conversation, I'd love to know what is your clerical superpower given like all your experiences with your finances, your life, you know,
1: <laughs> navigating oh <my>
0: relationships.
1: <laughs> endurance. I would say my superpower is endurance. And, you know, I always say that adversity brings opportunity and not being overwhelmed or bowled over by whatever the challenge is that's in front of you. Because that challenge is being presented to you because you have the ability to overcome that challenge. And so that challenge is ushering in this opportunity for you. And so, had I not had a mountain of credit card debt, I don't know that the life event would have been as impactful and meaningful had I not had that adversity. And so that adversity helps signal for me, there's a better way to do things. And so it makes you change your perspective. It makes you hone into what's important to you and to focus on being optimistic and optimism looks like these habits that unfold over time that don't mire you, that don't discourage you. And so those things, they come with that endurance to be able to understand that this too shall pass.
0: I love that. I love that. So thank you so much for your time, Angela. And I would love for you to share how folks can stay in touch with you and learn more about Frostbank.
1: Sure. So we have a website, optforoptimism.com. And at that website, there is actually an optimism quiz. So you can take that quiz and you would be surprised with your (laughs) results.
0: So it's basically a quiz to tell you how optimistic you are, right? Exactly, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. And there's there's also one other cool resource on your site, which is the 30-Day Optimism Challenge um, that sends you super cool tips on how to stay optimistic to your inbox. So if you're looking for something to, you know, keep you optimistic. It's things like buy a cup of coffee for a stranger, leave your Mm -hmm. phone behind and take a 20 minute walk and, you know, think about yourself and the things you want to accomplish. This is a great way for you to get motivated and inspired as you step into 2020, which is a new year and also a new decade. So I'll put the link to um, the website with the quiz and the challenge in the show notes as well. And you ladies can check it out. So thank you so much, Angela. This has been great.
1: Thank you, Bella. I really, again, I appreciate having the privilege to visit with you. I am so inspired by your work. It is so, so important.
0: So I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this episode and you have some tips as you take on, you know, having the conversation with your partner about money. And be sure to head over to optforoptimism.com to take the quiz to help you determine how optimistic you are when it comes to your finances. And you'll also get tips to help you improve your optimism and in turn achieve financial wellness. And if you love listening to the podcast, be sure to subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcast and head on over to iTunes if that's how you listen to leave a review of the podcast so that other amazing women just like you can find this podcast as well. I'll talk to you guys on the next episode and thank you so much for being here.